Mike, how you doing? Well, I went to the doctor yesterday. Well, how did it go? Mm, not so good. He said my test came out positive. Oh no, for what? Well, apparently, I have Stendhal Syndrome. Gave me a prescription for it, though. Has it been working? I don't know. I haven't taken it yet. I just keep staring at the pill. Pill, 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 And now, sits back, radio listeners, because you're about to unfiltrate the infiltrated thoughts of society's two most non-scrupulous weirdos. It's Mike and Scooters. House of Shame. So just put it on your head, buds, and hear what happens when... Mike and Scooter. ...decide to stop holding their tongues and start to get real. Tonight, the boys can only manage to talk about one topic non-stop. And for tonight's hot topic... It's... Ozzy Argento. So ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together because... It's... Mike and Scooter. Today's off topic is... Aja Argento. That is a very hot topic. Now hopefully there's been no new news since we've recorded this, but it's been a crazy week or two. I'm a little disappointed. I thought there'd be a little more traction to the story, actually, considering the sheer come-back-to-bite-you-on-the-ass insanity of it. I suppose the thing that I immediately thought was that I have to hold my tongue. I felt so nervous about... Mm -hmm. My first reaction is to make crazy jokes about it, but everybody is so deeply sensitive about both sides of the Me Too movement and about mm-hmm. sex itself that I, I, I don't know, I, it, but it, was, it felt like it was eating me up inside. Yeah. Well, it, it suddenly she became the, uh, the basket lady holding the Me Too movement in it, which she sure isn't. Uh, she never was. She was certainly important in bringing uh, attention to Weinstein, much needed attention to bring that sack of shit down, which was great. But I, I, I remember saying to people at the time, you know, Listen, it's really great that she's done this and more people are coming forward and nothing but good will come from that. But be careful because it's Aja Argento and yes, she was assaulted by him, raped by him, uh, but then they got together and uh, apparently they had consensual sex and were even dating after that happened. Uh, So I was like, remember everyone, keep it on your radar because that is a sign of mental instability of some kind on her part. Not even getting into, of course, the uh, insanity of uh, a rapist mentality on his part. But, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm mincing my words here a little bit. I guess I should just come on and say, uh, you got a rapist and you got someone who's mentally unstable. And just nothing good is going to come from that. Let's go through the play-by-play of this whole thing. I woke sure. up and I got a text um, that had you heard about the Aja Argento stuff. It seemed really solid at the time, too, that Aja Argento had paid money to keep the kid that she was in hard as deceitful above all things with quiet because they had in fact had sex when he was underage you mean oh you mean anthony bourdain's money is that and that's what we didn't know yet and because that was the that's the that's the next development in the whole thing which was her defense of it was that her her dead boyfriend decided to do it. Even if it was true, mm-hmm. I feel like, aren't you trying to deflect and create some sort of other scenario here? And that's, I don't know, I found that that was shocking. That was almost like, you know what, I am out for blood and I will do whatever it takes. And ending up making a mistake and in, in being that bloodthirsty. Yeah. My feeling here, my yin-yang on this one is, I love you, Aja Argento. Fuck you, Aja Argento. 
putting the money in the, the in, on the corpse like that. I guess we'll see what comes of it, but my, my feeling is just not cool. It's funny. We're never talking about the actual issues anymore. People, society in America, we're not really talking about the issues itself anymore. Mm-hmm. To, I, what I see is on one side, people um, giving an unfair distraction slash pass to Aja Argento because, well, it's a cycle of abuse and abuse, da-da-da-da-da. We, you know, that's in a, a valid enough point. Um, and on the other side, obviously, it's that, see, Aja's such a liar, all these Me Too women are liars. And what it all spells out to me, the thing that I can, can't stop thinking about, is it all really comes down to our puritanical obsession with sex. We love these stories... And we want to find a way to involve ourselves in these stories. So either we're going to be angry and righteous and agree with it, or angry and righteous and disagree with it. But when it comes down to it, I think it's all... We only have so many emotions. It's the part of our brain that hears blowjob, underage sex, oral sex, and goes, whoa. And just to add to the political incorrectness of it all, I don't know who this this kid, this actor is, but... uh, And I know this is... I shouldn't say this, but I mean, in my own mind, I'm sorry, the kid's a pussy. Because uh, if I was 17 and Aja Argento wanted to give me a blowjob, I'd be like, be my guest. Do it twice. Anything else I can do for you in return? Can we try this now? Anyway, I know I shouldn't put the kid down because it's uh, politically incorrect. But at the same time, uh, if I can't make the joke, then we've really, we've hit some hard times. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so there you go. Yeah, no, there's a, a some friends. There were some really funny things that some friends of mine said I, that will they will go unnamed. But one of them said the only victim in this situation is me for knowing that chump exists. <laughs> and I thought that that was oh a pretty God. a pretty That's good great. reaction. To that it. is great. Um, but no, I was obsessed with Aja Argento when I was 17. She she was and and it, she's one of the most beautiful actresses that has ever come about she's up there and i just think that we doesn't mean that she's a good person or a bad person or any of that stuff you make these people into their heroes and they can be your villains really easy sure you know why the fuck are we even listening to actors in the first place it's crazy shut the fuck up memorize your lines don't bump into the furniture hit your light and just go the fuck home all right it's done and i don't know why we feel like we have to listen to them for anything beyond what writers put into their mouths it's who we are. It's funny. It's who we are culturally, especially in America, but we love movie stars. We love them so much that we have a fantasy about how real they are to us. The only way we've ever engaged in these people is is through the work that they've done right. or an interview that they've done in order to promote that work that they've done. Right. It's, it's shocking to me that we don't realize uh, how easy it is for us to fall into a political discussion with one person or another based on our feelings about a piece of plastic. Right. Well, we, we live, um, what I'm going to call it a Cyrano society, which is that the beautiful people say beautiful things while the writer's in the bushes feeding the lines. You know, so uh, why, why are you going to put the actor up on a podium or a stage or talk? Can you just sweep them off to the side? Get the writer in there. Actually, a, a, a very good actor friend of mine. Um, and um, Rose McGowan and Aja Argento, she adored. And it was so upsetting for her when all the stuff about Aja Argento came out. And then when Rose McGowan, all of a sudden, 
was said, well, you know, yes, she's been accused, but we we should give her uh, some sympathy and wait for some right, news here yeah. or there. Because it's, it's uh, the phoniness of that, the Hollywoodness of that right. cut her deeply. And I felt so strongly, so bad for her. And, and I, I don't want to focus too much on the character of Aja Argento because of all the reasons that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it, it does, it's, there's, it's so upsetting to think of somebody really <laughs> that deliberately manipulating a, a political movement and going, oh, this is hot right now. Let me jump in, get front and center with it, yeah. and have very little yeah. integrity. Basically turned a political movement yeah. into a bowel movement. <laughs> is what happened. You know, I remember getting in an argument with a friend of mine less than a year ago about Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. My friend saying, Kevin Spacey's never going to work again. You've got to understand. This is it. He just had him, you know, it was very ill-received, but he just yeah. had the, the Billionaire Boys Club movie or whatever it was sure. called. Premier. I, I D- think didn't it's... quite do billionaire business, but yeah. No, but, it, uh, 100 Air it didn't make, I think. Air, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, well you, know, you know, you get you get scum like Victor Salva keeps getting work. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, what do you think about that, by the way? What, Victor Salva? Yeah. I, I like to say, well, he, you know, he did his time for... He, so he's received... As Coppola for what he did, he. yeah. But... Uh, at the same time, I felt like what he did was so egregious that um, it's like, yeah, you know what? You did your time, and now you kind of need to walk away and find something else to do with your life. You probably shouldn't be working in this industry. You probably shouldn't be working around younger people. I guess I'm a vengeful, spiteful person at heart. It's like, no, nope, you really fucked up. You broke a pact there. You have to find something else to do with your life. Uh, maybe something that'll help make up for what you did. And going right back to making movies again? Yeah, sorry. If Jeepers Creepers series is any indication, just stay the fuck away from a camera. <laughs> I don't mind him that much. But uh, but and I'm interested, and you, you, you jokingly, but... There's an interesting thing you said in there that you're the, you're a vengeful, spiteful person, and yes. I have a different view about the Victor Salva thing, and it's unpopular oh, amongst my friends. No, go ahead. Because I, you know, I, I try to in these situations, I try to imagine what if that was my little brother? What if that was my little sister? Mm-hmm. If that was my little brother getting an acting gig and then being pressured and forced into et cetera these things with Victor Salva, I want to fucking kill the guy. I have to, I really wrestle with these questions. I wrestle with this stuff. And I, at, at a certain point, should he make movies? Not up to me. If he does make movies, can I think it's wrong? Sure. But maybe for me, the equation sort of needs to be that I, I, I'm not in control of his life. I'm not in control of what happens to him. And I need to relinquish, sure. in a way, I need to relinquish my emotions about what is right or wrong for so many other people. Because that's that's the thing I kind of wanted to get into with the Aja Argento thing, actually. Is I feel like everybody's spinning, like, so many plates in the air, you know? Everybody's, right. oh, well, well, this situation, I'm spinning this plate in the air. This situation, I'm spinning this one. Oh, shit, I gotta put two plates on this one hand, and this and And at a certain point, we're so fatigued, mm-hmm. we're dealing with all of these things that are not in our, even remotely in our everyday lives, you right. know? And in fact, when it happens to people that are not movie stars... We could fucking care less. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sadly. And, and it allows us to. It really, yeah. you know, we feel like we're patting ourselves on the back because we unfollowed somebody on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a goddamn thing, you know? But so the Salva thing is interesting to me because what can I do? I, I got to just relinquish control 
and what happens happens sure. you know i i admire your ability to get out of bed every day and live your life and go about your business being so wrong on this so uh, it's impressive and i and i respect that i just want to be clear and back to your point about how society deals with this kind of thing too reminds me of a movie that i i can't stand which is rushmore mm. and and rushmore is the reverse lolita and it bothers me that rushmore is such a popular and beloved movie and I remember when I saw it, I was just kind of sitting there going, like, why, why the fuck is this amusing? So it's a young kid, younger kid chasing after an older woman. Uh, and that's amusing. That's funny. But uh, if, if it was the other way around, if the sexes are reversed, you get Lolita. And Rushmore again, beloved. Lolita is like, ooh, cautionary tale. So that indicates to me that there's still, in our society, this horrific double standard. Absolutely, yeah. I just think, you know, and this is really taboo these days, but right or wrong, when we're talking about a lot of sexual stuff, it's just not the end of the world. We make it a fatalistic conversation about sex, even if it's a victim of Weinstein, or if it's Aja Argento and this young kid, or if it's the characters in, the char- you know, the, the relationship in... In Lolita, we we get amped up and make it fatalistic, Puritan values that we can't seem to shake. Sure. We really, because at the end of the day, uh, any adult woman having sex with a 17-year-old, there's so many more things that are vastly important in the world that we live in. But we like talking about sex. And and I just, I, I think we're, we're hurting ourselves for it. Like, the word victim... Is its own self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, when you use it. And you, people are very happy to, to talk about how they've been victimized by the world, by the people around them. And there's a kind of excuse there, like, I, well, because I'm a victim, I have an issue with that. I'm triggered by this or this, blah, blah, blah. And I feel bad saying it this way, but please, just shut the fuck up and get on. Suck it up. Grow a backbone. Do what you got to do. I understand the world's a tough place, kid. But uh, so you're telling me, are you just folding in? Because if you're folding in, fine. Fold and move on. I don't have to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. But if you fold it in, that's you at that point. And just got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going forward again. I'm, that's not going to take me down. And uh, we hear that all the time. You know, it's not going to get me down. But how often do I need to hear that? Just move on. Actually do it. Yeah. Stop telling me about it and actually accomplish move forward and do a thing but no it's a reward based system at this point and that's that's really troublesome you know there's you mean a, rewards the victims yeah or, there's yeah. a reward to finding yourself to be a victim so at a certain point the rewards are great enough that people will make a life change and identify with uh, any horrific i mean these can be horrible things this can be rape this can be an attack but when you identify, where do you get next? What do you get out of your own life? This limited amount of time that we have in this life. Right. Where do you get next by identifying, by becoming that incident? It's like the girl that put the mattress on her back, which Camille Paglia, who I know you can't like, but she's, I love her. Um, she's so intelligently spoken about, about that whole thing. Part of the point I think you were making earlier is that if it's a sexual assault of some kind, you've survived it at least. It wasn't a murder. Yeah. So there, there is a way to move on, move forward, and, and, and go on. And uh, again, this is not belittling the horror of that, but it's simply to say that you're not dead. You weren't killed. 
And uh, that's a huge difference. And whatever wound you have inside, psychically, physically, whatever else, will heal or can be healed. And welcome to the Nikki Brand Show. Um, <laughs> no, you know, you, and you reminded me of the, my, the end of my point, which was one of the reason that I even met you was your film. You did a film called Shattered Dead, and you wrote about um, some stuff online. I saw the film and I was very moved. But and I and I was younger then, but I did get into to doing this eventually. You made dangerous art. You made very potentially controversial and confrontational art. And I think that that's something that we share. We love that about art's capability. We love um, all the musicians and filmmakers that do something that really maybe make us kind of shocked. And I think that it's funny that that aspect is getting... Uh, that uh, that capability of art to upset and, uh, and offend and shock is getting so much guff now. And, this, and the other thing that you can do, the sort of recoiling from it and identifying as a, as a victim because of something is on the rise, you know? And, and back to your point about having no patience for shock value or for uh, anything that might upset a viewer or, or somehow challenge the beliefs of someone who came to see a movie or read a book is that the at this point in time, the left is just as guilty as the right and and that amazes me, and I felt like uh, I I didn't see that one coming, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I still can't, can't believe I'm living it. But I just know based on comments I see from friends on Facebook and things I see in the media, and the amount of impatience people have with uh, ideas that may in some way go against the grain of their own core beliefs, instead of saying, okay, well that's a different belief, or well that's a little coarse. But, you know, it made me laugh. It's kind of funny anyway. No, there's immediately, like, the, 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 uh, the quills of the porcupine go up immediately. And boom, this is like, this must be stopped. This can't be done. You shouldn't have said that. How dare you think that? It's just so completely Orwellian uh, in, in the worst possible sense. I was talking to someone not too long ago. We were having a discussion about 1984. And I said, you know, the, the problem with 1984 is that people completely missed the fucking point. It was not a prediction. It was a warning. So 1984 was not about, here's what might happen by then. It was a way of saying, don't let this happen. Don't, you know, this is not what you want. So it's not science fiction. Never was meant to be science fiction. And I feel like it's a more important message to us now, 34 years after the date uh, for which... It was random, a randomly chosen date, by the way. He wrote it in 48 and just reversed the numbers. If he'd written in 1949, it would have been 1994. Mm. So uh, he didn't even give a shit at that point. He was like, yeah, whatever, turn numbers around. So it could have been anything. It's almost, I don't know, you get to the point where you wonder if we're just crotchety old men. And I, it's, you're a few years older than I am, and it's like... I, but most of the friends that I have in your age range are artistic people. They grew up through the same time period that you did, and they all say the same thing. I cannot believe the left has become the new extremist. Yeah, and that's totally true. And it's it's I hear it a lot, and I you know, and I think that it's it's funny, you know, how many people would turn this off right at that moment if anybody was listening. But um, yeah. turn off the show right at this moment. Just at the, at the, the how could you yeah. say that? Is... We're right. We're right. You know? Testing, testing. Is there anyone still out there? <laughs>
Is there anybody out there? <laughs> you know, this, this reminds me of when uh, Team America came out, oh, uh, which I, I adored. I adore that film. Yeah. Talking to a whole bunch of liberal friends at a place I was working at the time, doing editing, and I uh, was saying how great it was. Said, yeah, it's really funny, the first half, but the second half isn't funny. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean... It's not funny because uh, by the end of it, you, you, you know, you're getting ribbed. The so-called liberals are getting ribbed just as horrifically as uh, the Bush regime was in the first half. And the indirect answer was yes. And I just thought like, wow, really? You know, if you think other people are funny, I feel like the key to having a sense of humor is you better be able to find some humor in your own stuff and your own beliefs or you're going to get old fast and you're going to die bitter. And that was a, that was a real warning sign to me that... Uh, Things things would go bad, but I had no idea it would reach the level that it's reached today. I grew up, um, and I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I grew up on Mad Magazine, and I I can't express you did, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can't express the. There's a couple of things about it. I mean, number one, I cannot express the passion for open mindedness that it gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, I was pretty young when I learned who these guys were. These men, mostly Jewish had families that escaped the Holocaust during World War II yeah, and then Jaffe. joined yeah. the army. They were all guys that mm-hmm. walked this very upstanding line for what was, you know, especially at the time, was was the right thing to do, but had seen horrors. You know, whether or not it's the right thing to do, rather. They'd seen, you know, you you see your friends die in war. They'd been through... More than you and I could ever know. Oh, we're know, pussies you know, next to these yeah. guys. We're nothing. Um, and I shouldn't say they... pussies. That's politically correct. We're spineless next to these guys. <laughs> or, Are you happy there now? We're in the words of Team America. We're dicks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they, and what did they do with it? They did not live in the shadows of the horrors that their families they had experienced in the Holocaust or that they had seen in the war. They revolutionized the world yeah. with humor. Right. Well, they, with it, satire. they took that stuff, they internalized it and they catalyzed it and then they spit out something that addressed that in the form of satire, you know, which is fantastic. That stuff's still funny. It's, it's still brilliant. great and yeah. it's still got bite to it. Oh, God. There's, I, I look up stuff all the time through the, I, you know, I post stuff from the magazines whenever I find it, but they did a rewrite of America the Beautiful. And what is it? Crown thy good in in brotherhood. What is the yes, line? Yeah, yeah, and and it's from it's, sea to shiny sea, right? Yeah. And but it's for that line. It is swastikas spray painted on the graves oh of Holocaust victims. And wow! You can't even pretend oh to do something wow. like that now. But isn't that? I actually get chills saying that's thinking a, about that, it. No, well, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. It's incredible, and, and it's challenging. It is truly <laughs> in your face, controversial, right out. Um, but it's brilliant, and and it and the point. I mean, is that point lost on us now? Uh, well, pretty much. You know what the Mad Magazine offices didn't have? It didn't have a fucking safe space. Yeah. You know, there there yeah. was no little room yeah. for for some some poor spineless little wimp to go into because they were offended. You know, it's like suck it up, bucko. You're gonna work here. You know. So it's 2018 now, and every time I see a movie poster in the subway or somewhere else, 
I, I just get, I, I get the, I mean, my teeth, I start to grind because I'm so fucking sick and tired of seeing what's in the movie listed there. You know, it's rated R because of this, 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 and that. Like I'm reading the ingredients on a package in a grocery store. Sci-fi is, violence. Yeah, by whatever, the way. whatever that means. <laughs> well, you know, most sci-fi movies these days are violent against my intelligence. So if that's what they mean by sci-fi violence, if that means there's going to be sound in a vacuum and an explosion out in space that has a sound that actually spreads out as opposed to an implosion, which is what you would get from a device that has air in it that explodes into a vacuum, again, <laughs> implodes, then you're right. This is a violence of a very specific kind to my intelligence. But the point is, it, uh, on a certain level too, that the ultimate commodification of movies these days is that it really is like shopping in the grocery store. Uh-huh. The ingredients are listed on the packaging even for movies now. And unfortunately, most of them are gluten-free. <laughs> I, I remember a time when the safe space was in my own mind. Being a, a mature, functioning adult by the time you hit college age or something, at least you should be, and being able to process information to the point where I go, sticks and stones may break my bones. What happened to that? People literally... They people literally go, well, you know, that's actually, there's an inaccuracy because they don't understand sticks and stones will break my bones anymore. Right. They actually don't. No. That is disturbing, beyond belief. It's like when kids used to eat dirt, you know, that's how you build up uh, tolerance to bacteria and diseases, is getting a little dirt in your system. That's why you go get your shots once a year. They're, they're putting something in you so your body can get used to it. So the idea of cultural inoculation is, is just gone. Mm-hmm. There's a that's- certain level of self-importance to it. And that's what pisses me off the most, I guess, yeah, about it. It's yeah. not just being spineless, it's being self-important about it and standing up and saying, I don't respect that or that offends me. Oh, did that offend you? Well, shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> you're the one standing up and I don't see anyone else standing up and if you're offended by it, you need to examine not what offended you about it, but why it offended you. Because mm. there's a difference. Yeah. I, um, you're offending me, but I, I, I think I see your point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aja Argento. Anything else? I, you know what I didn't get into? Um, and I feel bad. I guess this is the point of this. Nobody's listening anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I, what was your... See, my relationship with Aja Argento, I don't think I saw Demons 2 until Anchor Bay put the tape out. I didn't see it at the time, but I definitely saw Trauma. And I have never forgotten that. Um, so, I like that Argento quite a bit. Way underrated. I like. I it a really lot. do. I liked it the I first think, time I saw it, and I I was like, "Why are people so down on this?" I I, I wouldn't I, say it's one of his masterpieces, but it's a solidly good movie, and it's it's got some great stuff in it. Well, there's two things I think that I, you make me think of. Number one, people don't like the story conceit at the end. It's too much for a lot of people. The other thing is that it has one of Argento's greatest, sickest ideas: the idea that a baby be decapitated during birth Mm -hmm. because of a power outage is so awesomely gross and creepy. I mean, that's really great. To me, that's... I adore that about the movie, you know? Totally agree. But my two favorite things about that movie are completely different. I know what they are. Don't worry. What are they? Why? They would be Aja Argento's breasts, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I since know. you ask. I, Shocking that... as it might be. You know what I love? I love the bit where, is it, uh, is it Chris Rydell? Is that the... Yeah, I think yeah. you're actually right. I think yeah. it's Chris yeah. Rydell. Uh, goes into the house at the end, and it's like, Nicholas, 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 Nicholas. And he's walking <laughs> yeah. around through this room the, of veil. The sheets, yeah, yeah. I, I, I put that as top-tier Argento moment. Uh-huh. I 
absolutely love that yeah, scene. Yeah. It's 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 spooky, like dreamlike. It's weird, and it's very dreamlike. Yeah. It's beautifully shot. The music's just right there because the Donaggio score on that thing is so hit it, and miss, mostly crap. Yeah. But there are a few moments that actually work. It's one of those weird ones. I, I, I remember when I watched it, the one thing I remember when I saw it for the first time, I came out of it thinking... Was Donaggio watching a different movie when he wrote this score? <laughs> but I kept thinking, like he sent him the wrong tape. But that's oh, the, here you go, Dario. Yeah, put these yeah. on there; it's good. And he's like, "What is this crap?" But that's the case of the era too, because that's not far off from Two Evil Eyes, which has a similar hmm. thing going with the music. That's and, also Donaggio. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I saw it, and I was very excited for Scarlet Diva when it came out. Uh huh. And I feel almost shy about saying my thoughts. I thought it was interesting. Uh huh. But I couldn't help but feel there's a phoniness a lot of the time when a daughter or a son, a child of a of a famous director makes something, and it, it that happens with music and other things too. I there's not enough. There's not a grounding in reality. There's not a lot of genuine stuff going on there, dude. It's got the word diva in the title. <laughs> So, to her credit, she nailed that. (laughs) This is what you can't say nowadays, but my Italian-American father's family upbringing, I want to beat the living shit out of Harvey Weinstein. That emotion exists. Sure. But really, if I'm to force myself to think about the world and all that kind of hoity-toity shit. I hope he gets better. I hope I hope something in his life happens where he has a rewarding existence and does not need to hurt other people. I agree, and it's called gelding. That's a Jewish thing. Oh yeah, but well, that's your, your Hanukkah, I don't know about your Hanukkah it. geld. Jewish people do this for fun, or this is no, a... no. Hanukkah, Hanukkah is geld. Hanukkah money is, is geld. So I, I took geld and I made it geld and. Now you know. Now I'm feeling guilt. But no. So look, I don't. I don't want to have hate in my heart for this guy, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to have hate in my heart for Aja Argento. She let. She let. She really let some people that I care about dearly down, very bad. She really did. But I. Um, I. I ain't gonna write her off. I hope she gets better and um, find some sort of peace. Of ass. I hope Harvey Weinstein dies of cock cancer. Does that even exist? Is there such a thing as sure, cock cancer? Yeah. Because a sexual predator like that, fuck you, dude. Your dick should fall off. You should go to hell. I, I find him reprehensible. So your forgiveness must come from some uh, uh, inherent uh, Catholicism from your Italian upbringing. I admire it uh, greatly, as a matter of fact. I simply do not subscribe to it. I love that we... I knew I, I knew that we disagree there, and I love that. I actually think it's going to be the, the root of a lot of interesting conversations. No, no, I agree, and, and yeah. I think it's important. You know, this this goes back to the very heart of what we were saying at the beginning. It's like, it's okay to disagree on things. It's okay yeah. to be friends and say, you know, this... I don't believe this, I don't believe that. So much being lost now with the comedy and all this stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 it's around all be-all. If, I mean, if we agreed on every single thing... Get really boring pretty fast. Yeah. The, my generation and the generation that has come after it has not suffered enough hardships in one way. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, we need justice and conflict in order to engage with that justice, you know? 
To your point, and, and, and to another point that I always am fascinated by, do we actually need to suffer these hardships? Has not the history of art uh, and memory and all these things that came before us, how is it that we still don't learn a fucking thing from everything that came before? Why does it need to happen to us first? Is I, I work at a book publisher, and I uh, it seems like once a week someone comes out with a new book about, uh, uh, here's my life, here's what I did wrong, read what I did, and learn from my mistakes. And I just think to myself, well, you know what? Before you wrote a book about the mistakes that you did that you want people to learn from, there's about a thousand years of history, uh, going back to the uh, time immemorial, thousands of years even, of people who wrote down what they did so that people would learn from it. So if you didn't learn anything from that, why the fuck do you think anyone reading your piece of shit book is going to learn anything? So you're either disingenuous or you're even stupider than I, I could have ever imagined. Uh, and either way, it's not... It's not good. I hate to say it, but we're 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 even amongst many good people in our worlds and scenes. We're we're the small percent, man. You know, you're, what you're making me think of is uh, you know like a baby when they're two. I think it's like between ages two and three. Like if you give a baby that's two a box like a Chips Ahoy, it's like a Chips Ahoy box that you get from the store. It's got the picture of the cookies on it. Sure, the kid, you know sees that box and sees, recognizes what a cookie is. Mm-hmm. You give that kid one of those cookie boxes filled with markers. I saw this in some documentary. They open it up and they see the markers and they're all bummed out. And then you go to that kid and you, in front of the kid, you take the markers and you put them back in the cookie box and give it to the kid again. The kid sees the box and goes, oh, cookies! Opens it again and sees the markers. There's something that happens at a certain age where you're able to disassociate um, or you're able to you're able to associate that that's the same box of cookies with the markers in it. But Apparently, it, most Trump voters haven't reached that age yet. <laughs> but that's the thing. But that's exactly what I'm getting to. I think that a lot of people are having sort of some sort of you you give into your emotions too much, and all of a sudden you're really stuck at age two, not mm-hmm. able to learn anything, not able to remember um, the history of what it is. You know right. that we come from. Yeah, I I agree. And in fact, the thing about a two-year-old makes me think that uh, in only fifteen years, Aja Argento could give that kid a blowjob. <laughs> so, we'll talk about misleading packaging. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, too, I too soon. Oh, nobody's listening. It's fine. It's weird. I do feel conflicted because, um, you know, a lot of my friends are mad at. At Aja Argento, they dislike her so much, and I, I'm, I feel almost guilty saying I think I like her more now. You know, that's interesting. I can't say I like her more, but I don't hate her. I don't really like I her don't. more. I just, I just want to be that kid so bad. I just couldn't. Help it's, it, it's, know, it's yeah. sad, isn't it? Yeah. So do I. Is, if I built a time machine, I would go back, and I would get the part in that movie instead of that kid. I'd be seven. I'd go back, <laughs> and I'd get that part, and I would be my god. That 10 years would just be me like kicking my feet, jumping around, going like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a countdown. Nine, eight, seven, six. I'd be like waiting for that fucking 17th birthday so bad. <laughs> oh my God. And when it finally got here, I would just be like walking on air every day, thinking any moment now, any day now, here it comes, literally. Yeah, uh, oh, God. Yeah. It's going to be the happiest 30 seconds of my 17-year-old <laughs> life, if it even took if that it long. If it even takes that long, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm sure the second her lip hit the tip, it was just a <laughs> big old spray. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's, woo, okay. Ooh, that's us going off the air. <laughs> Ooh.